Welcome to Music History Monday for June 12th, 2023. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Armando Anthony Chick Corea. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash Robert Greenberg Music, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the birth on June 12, 1941, 82 years ago today, of the pianist and composer Armando Anthony Chick Corea in Chelsea, Massachusetts. He died of cancer after a brief illness on February 9, 2021, at his home just outside of Tampa Bay, Florida, at the age of 79. Chick Corea's spectacularly varied 50-plus year career as a professional musician offers an object lesson in both the necessity and futility of labels. Spectacularly varied is the operative phrase in the previous sentence. In the mid-1960s, Korea became deeply involved in Latin American music, having broken in with the Cuban bandleader and percussionist Mongo Santa Maria and the Puerto Rican-American bandleader and percussionist Willie Bobo, whose real name was Willie Korea, no relation. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, Korea played with the Miles Davis Band. He played piano on seven of Davis's albums, including the classic Bitches Brew album of 1969. As such, the Chickmeister was a full participant in Davis's electrified experiment in fusion, in synthesizing jazz and rock and roll. In 1970 and 71, Korea led his own avant-garde free jazz band called Circle. In 1972, Korea formed his jazz Latin fusion progressive rock band, Return to Forever, which performed both electrical and acoustic instrument music that fused jazz, rock and roll, and Latin music. Along the way, Korea played and recorded Bossa Nova with Joao Gilberto and Stan Getz. He fused jazz and flamenco, shall we call it jazzminko, with the violinist Jean-Luc Ponty and the great flamenco guitarist Paco de Lucia. Korea recorded duet albums with the vibraphonist Gary Burton, the banjoist Bella Fleck, the vocalist Bobby McFerrin, his fellow jazz pianist Herbie Hancock, and the classical pianist Friedrich Gulda, who, once upon a time, was the young Marta Argerich's piano teacher. Korea's acoustic band recordings, which feature an acoustic instrument trio, as opposed to his electric band recordings, feature a traditional jazz trio playing standards. By the way, these are among my very favorite Chick Corea albums, and they will be discussed at some length in tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post, which will indeed be dedicated to the recordings of Armando Anthony Corea. 
For our information, Korea has recorded music by such concert composers as Bela Bartok, Domenico Scarlatti, and Wolfgang Mozart. He recorded his own piano concerto number one, no, there is no number two, with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. For your listening and viewing pleasure, a performance of the third movement of Mozart's Concerto for Two Pianos in E-flat Major, Kirschel 365, is linked. Recorded in 1985, it features Chick Corea and Keith Jarrett as the soloist in what is an entirely delightful performance. Okay, back to my previous assertion. Quote, Chick Corea's spectacularly varied 50-plus-year career as a professional musician offers an object lesson in the necessity and futility of labels, unquote. Yes, the necessity and futility of labels. In order to discuss and process Chick Corea's spectacularly varied musical career, we have employed all sorts of labels to address his various musical ventures. Latin American music, fusion, jazz Latin fusion, progressive rock, free jazz, bossa nova, jazz menko, traditional acoustic jazz trio, concert music, and so forth. These labels allow us to differentiate between some of the types of music Korea composed and performed during his career. But at the same time, these labels fail miserably in the face of a simple fact that Chick Corea's music making was, in fact, a singularity. Korea himself saw no difference between his various musical activities, but rather he perceived his work as being an admittedly faceted but indivisible whole. From his jazz rock fusion albums of the 1970s to his solo acoustic piano performances of songs from the Great American Songbook, Korea's work cannot, in fact, be categorized, try though we might. In 1983, he told the New York Times, quote, It's the media that are so interested in categorizing music. The media and the businessmen, who, after all, have a vested interest in keeping marketing clear-cut and separate. If critics would ask musicians their views about what is happening, you would find that there is always a fusion of sorts taking place. All this means is a continual development, a continual merging of different streams. Unquote. Joy, conversation, and communication. For Chick Corea, the categorization of the music he played was unimportant. What was important were joy, conversation, and communication. The pure joy of music making, the conversation with his fellow musicians, and his communication with his audience. Not long before he passed away, in February of 2021, Korea posted the following message on his Facebook page. Quote, I want to thank all of those along my journey 
who have helped keep the music fires burning bright. It is my hope that those who have an inkling to play, write, perform, or otherwise do so. If not for yourself, then for the rest of us. It's not only that the world needs more artists, it's also just a lot of fun. And to my amazing musical friends who have been like family to me as long as I've known you, it has been a blessing and an honor learning from and playing with all of you. My mission has always been to bring the joy of creating anywhere I could and to have done so with all the artists that I admire so dearly, this has been the richness of my life." Unquote. If we are to be permitted to write our own epitaphs, then Korea just did, right there, in that last sentence. Quote, my mission has always been to bring joy. Unquote. That word, joy, turns up all the time in Korea's writing and his interviews. In an interview conducted in 2017 by Downbeat magazine, the 75-year-old Korea was asked how he managed to maintain his grueling touring schedule. His reply, quote, I don't know how to answer other than to say, it's a joy. If I could avoid commercial airlines, I'd stay on the road the whole year. Unquote. Korea's pianistic virtuosity and improvisational imagination were glorious. Equally so was the pure fun, yes, the joy, he took in music making, either alone or with others. For Korea, the musical conversation was the thing. Quote, Most of the guys who played with me are friends I've played with before, either a little or a lot. The way a lot of us play together, the tune doesn't matter. We have a short rehearsal at soundcheck and not worry about how perfect the music sounds. What matters is that we know what we're doing and then just get off into Never Never Land." Unquote. The conversational aspect of Korea's music making is particularly apparent in his duet work. In my Dr. Bob Prescribes post of February 12th, 2019, I recommended just such a duet album, one between Korea and the virtuoso banjo player Bella Fleck, born 1958, an album entitled The Enchantment on the Concord label. The album is killer. In that post, I wrote that The Enchantment was appropriately titled, as it is indeed entirely enchanting, a recording in which such distinctions as jazz, Latin, fusion, and bluegrass are in fact meaningless. For our information, the enchantment won the 2007 Latin Grammy Award for Best Instrumental Album, which is nice but ridiculous as it is no more identifiably Latin than it is proto-ska-punk cocktail. Speaking of Grammys, Korea's almost 90 albums have been awarded 31 Grammys, a number that includes his four Latin Grammy Awards. Korea's 31 total Grammy Awards places him one behind the record holder, 
Beyonce, who has thus far taken home 32 Grammy Awards. Tied with Korea in second place is the conductor George Schulte. Next on the list is Quincy Jones, who has 28 of the things in his trophy cabinet. Brief Biography Armando Anthony Correa was born in Chelsea, Massachusetts, directly across the Mystic River from Boston, on June 12, 1941. He got his nickname from his aunt, who was wont to pinch his cheek and call him Cheeky. Gratefully, Cheeky morphed into the rather more useful Chick. Correa was of Southern Italian descent. His father, also named Armando, was born to a family that had come from the town of Albi in the Italian region of Calabria, the toe of the Italian boot. His mother Anna, born Zaccone, was likewise of Southern Italian descent. Chick's father Armando was a professional musician, Correa remembered. Quote, My dad was a trumpet player and had a dance swing band around the Boston area. He used to do radio shows and dances and weddings and that kind of thing. It was a pretty hot little band. It was jazzy. Unquote. It was jazzy. Oh my goodness. Rarely will a throwaway line have so much freaking meaning. Because when Armando J. Correa began giving his son Armando A. Correa piano lessons at the age of four, it was the jazz that surrounded the boy that worked its way into his fingers and soul. Chick's first formal piano teacher was a Boston-born concert pianist named Salvatore Sulo, who had studied first in Italy and then in France with the famed French-Swiss pianist Alfred Cortot. Sulo then returned to his native Boston, which became his base of operations for his concert and teaching career. Initially, Sulo was just as unimpressed with Correa's passion for jazz as Correa was with the Bach, Beethoven, and Chopin Sulo foisted on him. But they did indeed warm to each other. Correa remembered, quote, Sulo was an older Italian guy who would play piano concertos with the Boston Pops in the summer. By the way, we'd observe that for an eight-year-old child, an older guy can mean anyone over 16. When I would go to a lesson, he would demonstrate the piece to me, and I would get enthralled by watching his fingers and how easily they moved on the keyboard. I remember enjoying watching him play. He had a lot of fun when he played. He was a good example for me because he got a beautiful sound and played it without a lot of effort, very gracefully. And that was an image that I aspired to." Unquote. Along with providing the backbone for Korea's pianistic technique and exposing him to the standard concert repertoire, Sulo sparked Korea's interest in music composition as well. What it all eventually meant for Chick Korea was versatility. His training complete, he could play pretty much any sort of music, and he could play jazz in any sort of style. According to Korea's longtime friend and collaborator, the vibraphonist Gary Burton, born 1943, 
Quote, his versatility is second to none when it comes to the jazz world. He played in so many styles and settings and collaborations, unquote. Burton's statement is one that brings us a full circle as we began this post by discussing the many labels that have been pinned onto Korea's music in an attempt to categorize it. But as we've already established, Korea himself saw no reason to categorize his work, which he perceived as being an indivisible whole. The issue is versatility. Chick Corea could play the piano and compose for the piano in almost any conceivable style, but with a musical result that was always identifiably Chick Corea. Tomorrow, when we return with Dr. Bob Prescribes, it will be with five of my favorite Chick Corea albums chosen to display the extraordinary versatility that was the hallmark of his musical career. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.